You can turn with me in God's word to Genesis chapter 41. Genesis chapter 41, we are going through the life of Joseph, looking at the life of Joseph and taking obviously the application from a, a believer to a believer's life, but also above all, looking beyond Joseph and looking to a greater than Joseph, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, uh, we come now to the name of Joseph. And I know among many, there has been anticipation, excitement about this, as many have, have uh, discussed about this name in recent weeks. And we pray that God will give us help, uh, not just in the pronunciation of it, but also uh, in the expounding of it. And we pray that God will bless us as we come. We're looking now at the exaltation of Joseph. These are things that Pharaoh has given Joseph in his exaltation. He's given him gold and uh, the chariot, but now also he gives him a name. And so we look at that uh, this this afternoon. Genesis chapter 41. We'll take a reading from verse 39, just for the context, in a sense, and then to verse 45. Genesis 41, verse 39. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand. And put it upon Joseph's hand, and arrayed him in festures of fine linen, and put a gold chain round about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, By the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Sathnath-Paneah, and gave him to wife Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his, his word. We'll just unite together in prayer. We'll still our hearts at the throne of grace. We'll seek the Lord in prayer. And uh, I wonder if one of you committee men could maybe go out there and uh, see the people walking past there just to make sure everybody's okay there and they can get into the services. I think it's maybe in the, the bathroom and stuff, but just make sure people can get in okay, get them a seat. So we'll seek the Lord in prayer, still our hearts at the throne of grace. Let's look to God now uh, in prayer. Heavenly Father, eternal God, Pray, Lord, that you'll bless us as we come to the ministry of the word. Give us help, bless us, encourage us, draw near to us. And, Lord, we ask of thee that thou, O God, will just pour thy spirit. We thank thee, O God, for even the messages week after week in the life of Joseph. Lord, we've gleaned much, we've learned much. And, Father, we thank thee above all. We've been drawn to Christ. And, O God, we pray even this day again, our hearts will be warmed as we consider the Lord Jesus. Bless us in his name. Amen. When Joseph was exalted, as we said, he was given a new name, another name, a title to reflect his person and position 
in ruling over Egypt. The name chosen for Joseph in verse 45 was Saph Nath Paneah. And this name, Saph Nath Paneah, has many different meanings. And maybe straight out, you know those meanings. Maybe straight out, you probably have a different maybe way of saying the name. And so I apologize for that if I don't get the name uh, correct as it is. But Saph Nath Paneah. And so it's many different names. The names such as the revealer of secrets, the saviour of the world, the food of life, or food of the living. Now among all those names, the name the saviour of the world is mostly favoured. And it is the meaning, if you have a Hebrew margin in your Bible, that's your Bible, and it has the middle index in your Bible, where if you're in the Old Testament, you'll get Hebrew names, And if you're in the New Testament, you'll get the Greek names. Well, in the Hebrew, uh, it's translated this Egyptian name uh, as Savior of the world. However, all the meanings of Saph Nath Paneah are found in the life of Joseph. These three descriptions that we have given you are four. They all describe who Joseph is. He is the revealer of secrets. Once Joseph heard the dreams of the butler... The baker and Pharaoh, God gave him the interpretation of those dreams. And then Joseph revealed the meaning and the message of those dreams. He revealed the secret. He made them known. He was God's man with God's message. And so in this sense, when Pharaoh called Joseph Sathnath Paneah, here is the revealer of secrets. Furthermore, the saviour of the world. Joseph is the one who will provide and preserve the nation. He will save all who will come unto him in this time of famine. He is the one chosen to deliver and save from death. A famine is coming in the land. And therefore Joseph is that wise man, that discreet man, who has been placed in a situation to rule the people and he will rule them by his word and in obedience and trusting his word they will be safe also the food of life or food of the living again Saf Nath Paneah here is the one who will give bread here is the one who will give food verse 55 when all the land of Egypt was famished the people cried on to Pharaoh for bread And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph, and whatsoever he saith you do. And so Joseph gave food. He met those in poverty in a time of need. He satisfied their hunger. He sustained their lives. And so Joseph giving food uh, showed that he is the uh, one who gave bread in this time of need. So Joseph is Sath Nath Paneah, the revealer of secrets, the saviour of the world, the food of life, or food of the living. Again, in the life of Joseph, here we see this wonderful picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember, Christ is a greater than Joseph. He is the revealer of secrets. He is the one who came to deliver the will and word of God to guilty sinners. He is the one who came as the messenger and the message of the everlasting covenant 
of grace. He is the Savior of the world. That means he is the only Savior given to the world. There's no other Savior. There's no other way to have acceptance and access to God. There is only one Savior given to this world. And the Lord Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. He is also the bread of heaven. He is the one who alone satisfies the soul. For none but Christ can satisfy. In him is abundant life. In him is life eternal. And so all these names refer also to the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're all brought together in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Especially, we'll pick one and we'll think of John chapter 4. On that occasion, the Savior, you know in John chapter 4, a wonderful account. The Savior said he must needs go through Samaria. And that means it was necessary that he would go to Samaria. And he would go there for the salvation of an ungodly woman. A woman who was living in sin. A woman who had broken God's law and continued daily to break God's law. In conversation with this woman at the well, we learn in John chapter 4, the Savior delivers the message of God. He exposes her sinful lifestyle. He reveals her secret sin. He makes known to her the message of God. And then he lets know that he is the water of life. He is the one who satisfies. And as the Lord spoke to this woman, as the Lord revealed the will of God to this woman concerning salvation, we learn in John chapter 4, verse 19, the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Others may not have known her secret sin, but the Lord knew and therefore he gave the message of God. In fact, after this woman was gloriously saved, she went round the area, again spreading the gospel as a witness to the gospel. Because every Christian is a witness of the gospel. And like this woman in John chapter 4, you are to go around the highways and the byways, yea, the streets of London, your area, and tell others the gospel. She said, verse 29, Come, see a man which told me all things whatsoever I did. Is not this the Christ? And so this woman told others what Christ had done for her. And then she gives the challenge, Come to the Savior. Come, see a man who told me all I did. He exposed my sin and he told me that there is forgiveness because Christ exposed her sin. Then he erased her sin. This woman understood that Christ, by speaking to him and hearing his word, he alone is the water of life. Again, going back to tabernacle language, here then is another uh, symbolism. Here is another object lesson. Remember, we learned this morning the table of showbread, what it signifies, what it symbolizes. Well, here Christ, again, is using more symbolism and speaking of himself as the water of life. And what does it mean? It basically means he is everlasting life. And this woman believed 
the object lesson that he taught. She grasps that the physical water in the well that she drinks, it will only satisfy a temporal need there and then. But soon after, she will want more. She will thirst again. However, the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the water of life. He is the one who eternally satisfies the soul. All who trust in him and all who come to him will never thirst again. Christ is the living water and him is an abundance. He is all sufficient. And therefore, we see on the cross this pictured where the Lord Jesus Christ said, I thirst. Upon Calvary, Christ thirsted for all who would come to him for salvation, that they would never thirst again. He thirsted. He endured the wrath, the punishment of God. He endured the punishment of hell, that all who come to him will never thirst again. They will never endure those torments. And so this woman, now forgiven, this woman now satisfied, this woman who's come to Christ and seen him as the water of life, the abundant supply, everlasting life, she left her water pot, forsaking that to symbolize that she was abandoning temporal needs, abandoning a temporal way, abandoning something that would only last for a bit. And she came uh, acknowledging that she was drinking at the fountain of living water. She had come to a spiritual well, the Lord Jesus Christ. And now possessing the message of eternal life, she spoke of one who revealed her secret sin, one who uncovered her darkness, one who forgave her sin. And by her witness, by her telling other people the gospel, they believed on his word. Again, verse 42, John chapter 4. We have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. And so these people, they recognize upon hearing this woman and then coming and seeing the Savior and hearing this word, they recognize he is the Savior of the world. In other words, they seen him to be the only saviour for the world. They said, this is indeed. That phrase indeed in John chapter 4 verse 42 means of a truth. It means confirmed. It means it is truth. In other words, upon hearing this woman testify of Christ and then coming and hearing Christ himself, they said of a truth indeed. He is the saviour of the world. He is the only one who can transform a life. Before I go on to say more about the Lord taught, let me just say this here as a way of an illustration. As I said, we rejoice that people are coming in to the toddler group. We were talking about this on Wednesday. More and more people coming in, different people coming in from the area. And we always ask them, how did you find out? Is it the banners? Is it different things, advertisements? And a lot of them, Say, someone told us about the toddler group. Someone spoke to us about the toddler group. Someone told us about it and we had to come and they came. And now they're thankful for it. And that simple illustration is to say, you yourself, 
are the greatest witness to the gospel. You yourself are the greatest witness for bringing people in under the sound of the word of God. And therefore, if this church is to be fulfilled, it will be through prayer, but also telling other people like this woman, come see a man who told me all things. Come hear the preaching of the gospel. Come hear about the Savior who satisfies, who saves, who succors, who forgives sin. The Lord Jesus taught John chapter 6 verse 35. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Christ is the manna from above. He is the one that fills the void left by sin. And so as we think here of Christ alone in John chapter 4. There we see him as Safnath Penea. He is the one who gave the word of God, who revealed the message, who exposed this woman's sin. He is the one who is the savior of the world. He is the one who is bread for living. He's the bread of life. So as we think today of Joseph Safnath Penea, may we be drawn to a greater, the Lord Jesus Christ the revealer of secrets, the saviour of the world, our living bread. Notice three simple thoughts. There is the giving of the name, Sathnath Penea. Verse 45, Pharaoh called Joseph's name, Sathnath Penea. It was Pharaoh, as we learn from these words, who gave Joseph this name. It was a name not given by, it was a name therefore given by another. And remember in Bible times, names were given for a purpose, to reveal details, information about that person, characteristics, the role they would carry out, what event would take place, or uh, the name would connect the person with the area that they lived. But the point is this, the name was not just randomly given. Rather, the name was chosen for a specific purpose. This was not a random name. This was not a guest name. This was not a popularity. This was rather a name given to Joseph. Pharaoh gave the name Sath Nath Penea because it signified how Pharaoh viewed Joseph, one who revealed the message of God, one who would save and preserve the nation. One who would give bread in a time of need. And therefore Joseph had all acceptance, ability and power to save the nation and the surrounding nations from death by famine. His new name was symbolic of the office he was to fulfill in Egypt as ruler. It was a name that represented a people. He was given and sent to rescue. Again, remember, Joseph said himself when speaking to his brethren in Genesis 45, verse 7, God sent me before you, notice the words, to preserve you, a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Genesis 50, verse 20, it is this day, to save much people alive. And so Joseph is the only preserver. 
deliverer, saviour of the world. He is the one who has been given by Pharaoh, not another, not many ways. Rather, he's been given, Joseph is exalted. Joseph is the chosen one. Joseph is the one that people are to go to in a time of need, to have their needs provided, to have bread. This world, in few, included Jews who were his own brethren, and also Gentiles, such as the surrounding nations and Egypt. After seven years of plenty, seven years of famine would come in the land. There would be dearth, barrenness and emptiness. And yet Joseph is there, Sath Nath Panea. Here's the one who will preserve. Here is the one who will save. Here is the one who is the bread. And therefore, Genesis 41 verse 55, go on to Joseph. And what he saith, you do. And as we think of Joseph, our minds are then taken to the Lord Jesus Christ, a greater than Joseph, because his name was also given by another. Matthew chapter 1, the angel delivered to Mary and Joseph the name that was to be chosen. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. This name was given to him alone. Again, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And while it's true Jesus Christ has many names or many titles, yet connecting them it shows his person and his work, one who came to give the will of God, the word of God, one who is the saviour of his people, one who is the bread of heaven. John chapter 1 verse 18, he hath declared him. The Lord came to declare the will of God concerning the salvation of his people. Again, Peter preached in Acts chapter 4 verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. In other words, he is the saviour of the world. There's no other one who can save. There's no other one who can forgive. There's no other one who can transform your life. And men and women, that's still true today. There's no other saviour for you. There's only one saviour, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And you must be saved by him. He alone exposes your sin. He alone gives you the will of God, the word of God. He alone is the bread of life for your soul. None but Christ will satisfy. Oh yes, you go to the world and you try the cisterns of the world because the pleasures of sin, they only last for a season. They're only temporal. But in Christ, there's all you need. And therefore, he is the one who delivers sinners in their poverty, in their stricken state, in their barrenness, because he alone gives life. It's through Christ all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And out of every nation, he will call a people unto himself. That's why we learned on Wednesday night the great blessing of the doctrine of election. Election is not a battleground. Election does not hinder uh, 
the gospel being preached or evangelism. Rather, election uh, confirms and ex- uh, uh, encourages us to go and tell the gospel because it shows us that Christ has determined and purposed to save a people. And therefore, there's a people that we can tell the gospel to. And that gives us hope to know that the cross of Christ was not a failure. The cross of Christ was successful because he did what he came to do, purchase his people from sin. And therefore, we can go into all the world and preach the gospel. The people, as they gather together and they see Joseph, they can see here, remember last week, they made way for him. Here's one who has come to save. Here's one who will deliver in the famine. And therefore, all you need for life, salvation, eternity is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. His name is the giving of this name. Are you saved today? Are your sins forgiven this day? I pray that you'll come and ask Christ to be your Savior. Notice also, and by the way, for your encouragement, we have a second bit of a longer point and a shorter third point, so that'll help you for encouragement as well. The glory of the name Saf Nath Paneah. We've looked at the giving of this name. It's given by Pharaoh. It's given by another. And so Christ's name has been given by another. And again, your name, because you're a new creature in Christ, redeemed, you've been given a new name as well. But notice the glory of the name Saf Nath Paneah. Pharaoh called Joseph's name Saf Nath Paneah. This New name is a glorious name. It's a high name, an exalted name. It's a name that sets Joseph apart within and over the kingdom. It's a name of praise, a name to be honored. Pharaoh stood in Joseph's presence. He heard his wisdom and therefore he asked in verse 38, Can we find a man such as this can we find any other who can give the word of God? Can we find any other as this man? And he concluded, there was none. Within the kingdom, Pharaoh knew there was none to be compared to Joseph. His walk, his worth, his wisdom was far above all. Pharaoh saw no other one who could reveal. Because remember, whenever Pharaoh had the dream and he came to his own officers in the kingdom, asked them what it was about. They didn't know. And therefore, Joseph is the Safnath Panea because he gave the message of the dream. And therefore, when Pharaoh looked around the land, who's going to provide for the land? Who's going to save the land? He looked around the kingdom. There's no one else, but he's seen Joseph. And therefore, Safnath Panea, he's the one. And the people need bread in this famine. He looks around the land. Who can provide it? No one. But Joseph, he sat nath Panea, the one who revealed the secret, the one who's the saviour of the world, the one who's the bread. And so Pharaoh knows there's no other person. And therefore he exalts, he lifts up Joseph in the land. Verses 41 through 45. But just to say it, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in the land of Egypt. As Joseph goes around the land, 
as he goes out, they cry before him because his name is to be honored, respected, Sath Nath Panea. He is the one who this name is given to. It's a glorious name. It's a appointed name. It's an exalted name. It's the name given to him within the kingdom. We think of the name of Christ. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, referring to the Lord, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. And therefore, Christ's name is a glorious name, a name far above all. In Luke chapter 1, the angel delivered the message to the Virgin Mary, who was favored by God among women, not above them, but among them, among women. She was chosen to be the one who would give birth to the Savior of the world. And what was the message given to her? Luke chapter 1, verses 30 to 33. A name and titles that referred to his first coming and his second coming. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. And so upon his throne, seated at God's right hand, the Lord reigns from heaven his dwelling place. And one day the king shall come back. The king shall return and continue that rule and reign on earth. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. It is a kingdom that can never be defeated. It can never be dethroned because his name is a glorious name. And at that name, as Philippians 2, 11 and 10, 11 continues, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Again, we know his name is a glorious name, exalted name. It's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There's no name compared to him. And through his name, is the forgiveness of sin. His name is a name that helps in a time of trouble. His name gives strength in weakness. His name gives grace to serve. His name is the supply through life. That's why Paul could say in Colossians 1 verse 19, that in, that in all things, he might have the preeminence. His name is a glorious name. Now phrase, that he might have the preeminence means that he might have the first in everything. The first, the chiefest place, the highest place. Because he is worthy to receive all honor, glory and praise. His name is an exalted name. It's a glorious name. And it's a name that we ought to use carefully. Not in a swear name. Not in a degrading name. A name that is reverently to be focused upon. And therefore, believer, do we make way for him in our life? 
Do we give him the chief place? Do we put him first in our life when trials come, troubles come, in our marriage, our home, our giving, our hobbies, everything? Do we give him first place? That in all things he might have the preeminence in our church services, our preaching, our praise, everything. It ought to be lifting up Christ, making way for him. Because he makes the way for us to seek him first. Because all other things will be added on to you. Unsaved one, there's hope for you. Because his name conquers sin. His name dethrones idols. His name cancels your eternal debt. His name delivers you. And therefore, put him first now. Abandon self-effort. Abandon religion and church and come to Christ because he is willing and able to save you. He is the one who reveals the will of God. He's the one who is the savior for sinners. He's the one who is the bread of life and there's eternal life in him. And therefore come this day to him and be ye saved. Look on to him because that was the message. Forgive the people. There's none other to look to. Look to Joseph. And therefore the lesson is, look on to him, all ye the ends of the earth, and be saved. For he is God, and there is none else. Notice finally and briefly, the greatness of the name, Safnath Paneah. The greatness of Joseph's name rests in the fact that by Joseph, There was the accomplishment and the application of his work. He was able to do what he was asked and chosen to do. Save a people from perishing in the famine. And to keep that people through the famine by his abundant riches. And therefore, believer, we think of the greatness of Christ's name. Safnath Panea. Through him, redemption is accomplished. And on the basis of his work, that redemption is applied. He came to save a people from their sins. And he saved a people from their sin. He has finished that work. And therefore, as we said before, none for who Christ has died for, none will be lost and none will be perished. Redemption that has been accomplished on the cross and redemption has been applied to your life will never be uh, lost, taken away. He is the saviour of all who has believed on him. And while not all men have faith in him and he is not their saviour, if you're not saved, you need him today as your saviour. Come this day. Because there's the greatness of his pardon, provision, and preservation. The name Safnath Paneah was given. There is the glory of that name and the greatness of that name. And therefore Christ's name has been given to earth as the sinner's hope. His name is a glorious name and his name is a great name. And therefore salvation is not in the name of the church. Salvation is in the name of Christ. For he will save. And therefore I ask you this day, 
What does your salvation depend upon? What are you depending upon to get you to heaven? Is it the church that you attend? Is it some fancy feeling that you had one Sunday or whatever it was? Salvation is not in feelings. It's not in the church. It's resting upon who Christ is and all that Christ has done. And therefore, I pray this day that you'll come and take the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Savior for his name's sake. Amen.